Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Understanding the Technology Needs of Your Business, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abnp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about the guest that we're having on the show today. Heather Pick is currently the owner and CEO of Modadia.com, meaning Fashion Day in Italian and Spanish, a new type of e-commerce social selling company launching in the earth-friendly recycled accessories industry for eco-conscious USA, Italian, and Spain handcrafted jewelry lines. Modadia will have new platforms for their online boutiques that are not being offered by other social selling companies, bringing more unique ways to be involved in having their own business. You can check out modadia.com. But Heather's also been a sales trainer, sales mentor, speaker, and a consultant coach specializing in training all types of professionals in sales techniques to master generating unlimited leads, setting endless appointments, pushing past obstacles with confidence, understanding your mindset and approach to sales and how to follow up and follow through to take the appropriate action steps to get the results that you want. She'll be bringing this expertise to train and guide her new private boutiqueers in Modadia. So welcome, Heather. Thank you, Candy. It's nice to be here. Thank you for asking me to come on board and share just some of the uh, fun things I've done over the years. I'm so excited to have you here. So I know it's going to be a great topic that we're going to be sharing today. So first of all, I gave a little bit of information about you, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got into sales? Okay, well, um, I think mainly my sales career really started when I fell into the direct sales network marketing industry. I had been in sales before, uh, selling in the interior design field. That's actually what my background and my education's in. And then I became a stay-at-home mom for a while and then fell into the direct sales industry, uh, which I found that I really loved. I didn't know much about it at the time, but I loved the idea of getting out, talking with people, sharing products with people. And I learned and honed my skills through those years, which now are 15 plus years um, in that industry. And of course, in the beginning, I was very, very green and didn't know a lot about, you know, how to approach people, what I should be saying. I had all the fears and hangups that most people have that are very much behavior oriented, uh, just from the different stigmas we've learned over the years. And I had to learn how to push past them, break through them, and come up with better techniques that, you know, fit my personality that made me feel comfortable when I was out there talking with others. Uh, And I did that by, you know, learning from people that had been successful ahead of me in the field of sales, and then just tweaking some of the things that I learned through them to, again, fit my personality. So I felt comfortable, you know, with saying and doing the things that I did. And so I ended up building a really nice Um, sales organization in that industry, multi-million dollars. And I I just, I ended up becoming a trainer because I ended up doing so well and having a team of salespeople under me that really knew what was going on because of the things that I would teach them. And I just continued on and I wrote a book and for the industry and it was all about booking your calendar full, which really helped people keep their their appointments uh, scheduled and on time as well as filling their calendar with potential new clients and customers. So um, it just kind of took on a life of its own as I honed my skills along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I mean, that is one of the things when you talk with people, they're, you know, terrified sometimes of picking up the phone or, you know, talking with someone in person about their, you know, products or things. So why do you feel there's such a big hang up when it comes to sales? 
Well, I think, it, again, it comes from the fact, uh, different things that we've heard and seen along the way in life. Uh, you know, growing up as a child, you probably saw different people trying to sell to your parents or you were out and you saw different people selling to each other. You didn't really know at the time that that's what was going on, but you could feel the hesitation. You know, you could feel people stumbling over their words. And I think as we go along in life, you know, we end up being put through these different situations where we think, I don't want to bother people. I don't Mm want to be pushy. I don't want to be salesy. Um, They're going to think that I'm just trying to, you know, get them to buy my product and and I'm going to run away. And so you end up holding back because you're afraid or people are afraid of what people are going to think of them. And so they don't want to look bad. They don't want to feel bad. And so instead, we do nothing. That's, again, a normal human behavior. But that's what stops us, of course, moving forward in our business and being able being able to get the, the sales we want and the clients we want because of those fears and doubts from things that happened to us in the past that we really are bringing up and, and recalling them incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you think then so many people fail at sales when they first get started? I think it's because of that particular situation, the fear, and then they don't want to do a whole lot about it. They don't want to, you know, push themselves out of the comfort zone by learning new techniques Mm -hmm. and new skills to help them push past those fears and those doubts about themselves. Because again, it's always more comfortable to stay where we know we feel safe, right? I mean, we want to feel safe. We want to feel comforted. And so... Plenty of times we're going, well, I'll buy this book or I'll take this course. And we go in with great intentions, myself included. And we read and we take the classes. And then we say, I'm going to go out there and do this because it's working for this person. And then again, our fear and our doubt within ourselves has us say, you know what, I'll do that tomorrow. Maybe I'll just do that tomorrow. And then you don't do anything. So I think that's one of the biggest things about sales is just trying to bust past the stuff that's in our head. And and as I went along and learned more about mindset work towards sales, that's what I began training my sales teams with because I found that every time I was going into trainings for different sales ideas, everybody was giving me action steps one after the other. However, if you don't stop and get into your head first or get into your sales team's head first and have them understand what's holding them back, you can give them all the steps in the world and they're not going to do them. Mm-hmm. And that's just a fact. So well, and I was thinking of that while you were talking to when you said, you know, someone might buy a course or read a book or something and, you know, maybe think about applying it and then they don't. But if it's not going to fit their personality, it's not a good fit for them. Right. So you could tell someone go do X, Y, Z. But if they're, you know, kind of shy or, or things like that, just telling them to do certain things may not be the best fit. There might be something else that they could do that would be a little bit better for them. Exactly. And that's where I try to get people to think out of their box, because I found that with myself. Um, You know, many people think, oh, she's an extrovert. She loves being out in front of people and with people. And, you know, and and I've, I've been a speaker and up in front of on stages. But I wasn't always like that. And in the beginning, when I was out there talking to people in, you know, and starting out, I was scared out of my mind because in my head, oh, I don't want to bother people. And so I would get all these steps that were given to me. And just like you're saying, many times they didn't feel comfortable to my personality. So somehow what I began to do, and I don't know if somebody told me this, it's been so long, or if it was just something I kind of picked up on my own. But I started looking at the different steps and the ones that made me really uncomfortable. I would say to myself, okay, how can I do something similar to that, but do it in the way that fits me? Like, Mm -hmm. can I change the wording a little bit? Can I do, you know, my action a little bit different? Can I approach somebody differently? And that's how I began to get results because I couldn't do it the way some of them were saying. It, It gave me that fear. It gave me that sick feeling in my stomach. And so instead I'd look at it and go, okay, I don't like that, but I think it could work. How am I going to switch it up for my personality? And I would just start writing down different scenarios of how I could do things in in my own way. And then, of course, just started going out and applying them. And I would do them one at a time because I would get scared. I I knew I had a 
a new way to approach because I, I researched it for myself. But still, you know, I, I still had those hesitation and fears. So I would tell myself, I'm just going to take one for today and I'm going to go out and I'm going to try just this one step and I'm going to see how it goes. And in the beginning, of course, you stumble over your words. You're not saying the right thing. But I think what we have to remember is we're the only ones that know if we're saying something incorrectly or if we're stumbling over our words. Whoever we're talking to, they have no idea because we have more knowledge about what we're talking about, usually your product or service, than they do, right? But Mm -hmm. we're all in our head because in, in that point in time, we're thinking it's all about me. It's all about me. That's the key. You have to get out of your head. It's not all about us. It's about them and how am I going to project to them and they're not going to know what I'm saying is wrong, right, or whatever. I'm just informing at that point. So Right. Well, and I think, you know, as you kind of mentioned or hinted at too, there's this stigma that's behind sales. So what do you think that really is that's causing that? Um, again, it, it all, I always say, I always say it goes back to our mindset. It goes back to our past uh, rules, beliefs, experiences we've had along the way. We replay them in our head when we have to go out and make a new contact, a new approach. And we automatically assume the same thing is going to happen as mm-hmm. what has happened in the past. And so we're playing this this old record in our head. And really, every time we recall something, no matter what type of memory we have, every time we recall something that's happened that wasn't good, as well as when it is good, um, we're not remembering it exactly in the same way that it actually happened. And so we fool ourselves into thinking, oh, if I go do this, it's going to happen all over again. I, you know, and so we have that stigma of it's going to happen again. So maybe I just shouldn't say anything at all or I should just wait and maybe do it tomorrow. And then, of course, you're back in your comfort zone and you're right. fine until that time. Right. Well, what I'm thinking is, too, I, I have a feeling that some of the things that kind of lead to that, too, are stereotypes or like, you know, in the movies and you see like that door to door salesman and they're an annoying person or you always hear like the used car salesman. Right. You know, people yes. will joke about that or something. So that probably lends itself to part of kind of why people are afraid to get into sales or they're going to perceive themselves as being, you know, annoying or, you know, trying to get something for themselves and selling a lesser, you know, value of something just to get their money or things like that. Yeah, it ends up being, um, you know, it's funny. I remember this from years and years ago. And at the time, I was still starting out. And when this was told to me, I did not get it at first. And then all of a sudden, I got it. It was like an aha moment one day. And I remember I was on a training call. And this this particular trainer said, you've got to go with when you're out there talking with people and meeting new people, you have to go with FAYC. And I was like, FAYC. And she said, forget about yourself completely. Mm-hmm. And In that moment when she said that, I was like, what is she talking about? I'm not thinking about myself. I'm not thinking about what others have done. I'm just trying to share this information. We're really in reality. We are in it and we are thinking all about ourselves. Or like you said, we're thinking about those stigmas that are out there, the the kooky car salesman, you know, the pushy (laughs) person at the grocery store or the lady in the department store who keeps coming up to you going, can I help you? Can, do you need this? And you're just like thinking in your head, get away from me. And then you're always thinking, I don't want to be like that. Again, from your own past experiences, besides what you see on TV or hear from other people. And I think the biggest thing that helped me was realizing that it's not all about me. And that if I just remove myself and start focusing on what the person's needs are, what's their problem, how can I solve it, then all I'm doing is, is I'm just going out there informing them as to what I have, why I think it's a really good product or service, and how it can benefit them. And then guess what? You got to let go of the outcome. All you do Mm -hmm. is inform them and share if they want your product and they've started building that rapport with you, they're going to want to continue to work with you. So... Right. That's a great point as well, too. Just it's not in your hands. Just present the information. Let them make their choice. And if they need it, great. If not, it's not a reflection on you, Mm-mm. you know, or your product even. It's just it doesn't fit what they need right now. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Well, actually, it looks like we're close to break time. So what we're going to do is take a quick break right now. When we come back, 
we're going to continue to chat with Heather about how overcoming the stigma of making sales can improve your services. You're listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Biz Help For You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abandp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to Biz Help For You. Welcome back to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Heather Pick told us about her background and how she got into sales training. Now let's learn a bit more about overcoming the stigma of making a sale. So Heather, what is the best way to approach a new contact regarding your product or services? Well, I think that there's several ways that people can do this. And again, it's, it's going to boil down to a couple things. It, it can be, you know, what is your product or service? Uh, and it's also going to come down to, you know, your personality. How are how are you most comfortable doing things? Nowadays, with the way we have so much technology available at our hand, it's not just about picking up the phone anymore. I mean, that was the old school way of doing it. If you wanted to connect with somebody, you know, you picked up the phone, you went out and networked at different groups, which I still highly recommend that to this day. Uh, but then also there's all these other ways with, you know, email and, and texting and social media and things like that. So I think you have to look at one, what is your product or service and what is the best way for you to go ahead and book an appointment and follow up with someone? How do your customers want to be contacted and what is the best way that you can get the fastest response for, from them? So for me, 
I have found with what we do, um, even when I was doing the sales training and, and booking, you know, different events that I would do trainings at, or if I was doing a one-on-one, and now, of course, I'm into my jewelry business. And um, so I do a sequence of events, and I teach this to the people that sell, sell with me and work with me. And I've found that I do a lot of networking. I go out to a lot of different groups. I go to conferences. I go to events. I meet people. I talk with people. I still believe that there is nothing that takes away that feeling of meeting people in person, looking them in the eye, hearing what they have going on in their life, and feeling that energy from each other, because that's how you build that rapport. Again, as many of you may have heard, you know, people want to work with people they like, they trust, and they know. So that for me is the biggest thing. And then from there, I'll do the follow-up. And I, I usually don't try to book an appointment with somebody right then and there when I've met them, because again, I'm trying to build that relationship first. And then from there, I will then start reaching out. And a lot of times I reach out by text first. When I get their information, I usually will say to them, you know, do you text? Do you prefer email? And then they let you know. So I I do ask that. Uh, But I find that a lot of people do prefer text because it's fast and it's quick. So I will text somebody first, remind them, you know, where they met me, keep it short and sweet. Uh, that we were going to try to get together, whether it's for a coffee or whatever it might be, to touch base and share information about whatever my service is or product is, maybe that they were asking about, or if we were just going to connect with each other, you know, for a crisscross of information with what they do and what I do. And then from there, I'll let them know, I know you're busy. If I don't hear back from you, I will reach out again. Let me know. I've got a couple of dates open right now. And then I'll send that quick text off. 95% of the time, I get a message back pretty quickly with people either saying, yes, I do want to connect. It'll be a couple of weeks. It'll be a month. I'm going on vacation, whatever it might be. And then from there, we'll kind of hone things down with a couple more texts and I've got the thing booked. Other times, uh, somebody will respond back right away and say, I'm not really ready right now, but give me a call in two weeks. And so from there, I'll do a little follow-up email And I'll send an email to them saying, glad we connected through text. I'm going to reach out to you in a couple of weeks via phone call like you asked. I look forward to meeting up with you. And then from there, I'll go ahead and do the call. So I'll do text. I'll do email. And I always do the phone call last unless somebody specifically tells me I prefer phone calls. So you want to kind of, you know, get the feel of what people want or how they like to be communicated with. And that can go down to the generation that you're working with. You know, if you're working with millennials, they love the technology, right? People I've found between 35 to 55, they pretty much do it all. They text, they email, they, you know, use Facebook Messenger and they use the phone. And the older people that are maybe 65 and up, uh, they prefer phone calls. So who are you dealing with and how are you approaching them? Where are you meeting them? And then find out how they like to be communicated with. Right. And I think part of that, you need to take into consideration to like your business type too, right? So like you're kind of on your own. It's like your thing too. And you can individual to individual be talking to that person. We're different here. Like it's my company, right? And I have, you know, seven staff members in my office. My staff members are not texting clients, right? We are actually using email or phone. We don't really text. And also that sets up boundaries for us too. So we're not getting someone texting us at 10 o'clock at night and expecting a response on a question or something too. So for us, it's actually allowing us to maintain more office hours per se too, so that we have email, phone calls, and and that's how we communicate. So I think if someone's an individual, you know, sole proprietor or something too, and they want to operate that way and their customer wants to operate that way, then they're comfortable with that. I think that's great too. But I do think you have to look at not only what do they prefer, but also what is good for the business itself. Um, Because as we know, especially as business owners, we work so much as it is. Like if we're getting texts, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, we're going to feel obligated to respond. Absolutely. And I agree with you 100% on that. And and that's a great point to bring up because I know for me, especially on my uh, my phone message on my on my phone, you know, my my cell phone, it will say, you know, my name, you know, sorry, I, I've, I'm missing your call right now. My office hours are, 
and I'll give my office hours on there and I will get back to you at my earliest convenience. So I always make sure that that's listed, especially on my voicemail so that people know. Mm -hmm. And then I also, if I do do texting to people, um, I'm like you, I only want to text within a certain parameter of time because I don't want to be getting texts at 10 o'clock at night. And I most certainly am not going to be sending out texts. Usually I don't send anything after seven o'clock at night because I want to, you know, value people's time and their family time and they don't want to work, right? Because not everybody's like a sole proprietor. So I definitely think that you do have to find those boundaries and even ask the people that you are dealing with one-on-one, you know, can I text you, you know, do you prefer me keeping it within this time period or whatever it might be so that you do stay within those boundaries and then they know that you have those boundaries as well. So I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Well, Do you feel that there's a difference between following up with a prospect that you just met versus following up with someone maybe you've started to build a relationship with over time? Do you think there's like a different way to deal with that or it's still just kind of just ask them what they think and kind of go that direction? Well, I think that somebody that you've been dealing with for a little while, they're a warm prospect that you've been building a relationship with. You're going to already have some know-how of have how they want to be communicated with. So it's going to be a little bit easier and you're going to feel more comfortable too, because you're going to feel like you already know this person somewhat. Mm-hmm. So you know their traits and what they want and what they don't want. Um, so it, it is easier. Um, I think you can still communicate the same way. It's just the ones that you've been dealing with for a longer period of time, you're going to be able to connect with them a lot faster and get your points in and make your appointments with them a lot sooner because you know what they want. Where dealing with somebody brand new, you know, it's it's like going on a date. You're kind of, you know, messing around to see what works, what doesn't, what do they like, what do they don't like, and, and what's going to fit with my schedule too. So it takes a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think you can, you can approach them in the same way. Um, one is just going to be easier than the other because you've taken the time already with the, with the one that you know. Right. Well, if you were going to coach someone on the best way to get someone interested in their product or service, I think we may have touched a little bit on this, but how would you coach them to actually talk about their products and services with a potential client? Well, first and foremost, it's going to go off of the initial conversation. You know, where did I meet them? Um, what were what was the conversation about? Were they asking me about my products and services? Uh, Were we just exchanging information, learning about each other? They're telling me about their products and and I'm telling them about mine or service. Um, It really will hone down to that. So if somebody, I meet somebody out at a networking event and we're just casually talking and exchanging what we do. And I feel like there could be some sort of synergy with that person where we could collaborate. I would then most likely say we should meet for coffee sometime and we should sit down and learn a little bit more about each other. I would love to know more so that I could think of people that I could refer to you. I I may know some people or I may think of somebody in the future. And then of course they're going to reciprocate with, yeah, that'd be great. So Mm -hmm. it depends if somebody's actually, actually talking with me or I've been referred to them and I know they want my service, I would then say to them, well, you know, this is my service. This is my product. I know you're interested in this. Would it be great if we went ahead and set an appointment up and sit down? I can show you some of the items. I can go over what, you know, service we have, depending on what you're doing and kind of fill you in on what I can provide to see if I can solve the problem that you might be having. You know, because, again, it's about solving their problem, right? And Mm -hmm. you want to be the one that does that for them. Whether or not that's true or it'll happen will depend on us sitting down and talking about it and learning more about what their situation is so that I can let them know if I can be the the problem solver or I can refer them on to somebody else who can do a better job with maybe another product. Right. And I think it's important for people to think through, like, when you're at a networking event, that's not your only opportunity to share. So it's not like you have to feel like you have to get all the information out to them right then, right? Right. You know, like a few pieces of information, you know, and like you said, hey, you know, can we set up a time, you know, to chat 
another day where we can, you know, talk a little bit more in depth with each other and, you know, kind of go from there. But I think, especially when people are maybe brand new and they've heard, you know, oh, you go to networking events and that's where you're going to meet people and, you know, they can find about your products. They probably feel like, oh, I got to try to share, you know, as much as possible. So they, like, they want to, you know, find out more and there I am ready to make a sale, you know, but that's not the whole point of going to those events. It's, you know, I, I personally, I've met people who feel, when they go, they need to try to meet as many people as possible at those events and get as many business cards as possible and then, you know, talk with people later. And I'm actually more of a shy person. People don't always see that because of owning my business and I have to get out there and, and do the thing that I do. But I would much rather spend time talking with one or two people and just get to know them a little bit more there and then see what happens, you know. And if, if they have a need, great. If not... It was just great to meet someone new and you never know. It's not just the person you're talking to, but who do they know that they could potentially refer to as well, right? So building relationships, I think, is more important than just talking about your products or services. Absolutely. And I think that's, again, with it's a, talking about stigmas like we were talking about earlier, uh, the stigma of networking and going out to networking events. You know, there are those people that think, okay, I'm just going and I'm going to try to hand out as many cards as I can and I'm going to try to collect as many cards as I can. That's not what it's about. And most 95%, I would say, of the people I speak with that go to those type of events, they don't want that. And mm-hmm found that the best way to do it is is like you are talking about you know you go with the idea in mind that I'm going to try to go meet one person one new person maybe two that I can just connect with and I know for me I don't hand out my business card unless I'm asked for it and I also have to know whether or not I am going to want to connect with that person as well and so when I go to an event I don't even you know, ask people right away, you know, what do you do? Why are you here? Instead, a lot of times I'll say something like, you know, oh, what brought you here? Or how did you find out about this event? You know, Mm -hmm. and then they start talking about, oh, well, a friend invited me. Really? Oh, who's your friend? And how do you know each other? And you kind of start weaving your way into personal questions. And then eventually what happens is, is they say, well, tell me a little bit more about you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, what happens is you end up talking to each other in a way that's organic. You hear good, positive things personally about them, why they're there, how they got there. And then from there, they start talking about the business or asking you questions about yours. And so you learn about what each other does very organically. And one of the things I will share, um, and this is what my boyfriend does a lot, when he goes to networking events, he doesn't even say anything like that. He'll ask people, what do you do for fun? I think that is a great approach. You know, when you're first talking with somebody, hi, I'm Heather. And, you know, I'll say something like, oh, what brought you here tonight? And then I'll say, well, what do you do for fun? And I learned that from him. And then you go into this whole other area and then they start feeling comfortable with you because they know you're not pouncing on them. And then they want to know more about you later. So, And you might even have things in common that you're like, oh, I love to do that too. Right. (laughs) No, and then you feel even more connected or something too, for sure. Yeah, I think that's a a good way to go about it. Like I said, I usually, you know, I'm I'm kind of one of those people too. If you see everyone already like talking amongst themselves, it's hard to just go up and and talk to someone too. And Mm -hmm. and but it is when you can find that one person, just start to chat, and you find something that's similar. You know, oh yeah, my I was a soccer mom too. You know, or or things like that. It's kind of it's fun, you know, to share that information, get to know each other, and it helps me actually remember them better because I've learned about them. Yep, I agree. Yep. So believe it or not, it's actually just about time to take another quick break. So be sure to hang around to hear more from Heather Pick of Modadia about becoming more comfortable with making a sale. We'll be right back after a brief commercial break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. With co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless, Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. 
These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abandp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today I'm chatting with Heather Pick of Modadia. Let's continue our chat on how to overcome the fear of selling. So, Heather, where would you suggest someone go to actually find new prospects for their business? Well, I think, again, it's it's always going to come back to um, product or service, you know, and what you are selling. And because, you know, obviously some people are selling a, a tangible product and others are selling intangible. Um, you want to do, obviously, your research of who is your client, who would be people, customers that would want to have what you're your offering, right? Mm -hmm. And then from there, you're going to think, okay, where are those people located at? So for me, uh, having our eco-friendly jewelry line, which we sell online, and then also we sell at pop-up shops, we do uh, vendor events, conferences, street fairs. And so I know that when I get out in person or some of my salespeople get out in person, uh, they're out there at those type of events, doing pop-ups, vendor events, um, conferences, and, and or doing live events on their own private Facebook group. And they're bringing in new people that way from referrals from friends and things like that. So you have to hone in on, okay, who is my customer? What am I selling? Where do I find those people? So if you're not selling like a product like I have, uh, and you're more business orientated, then of course, you're going to think to yourself, well, maybe I'm going to find more people that are interested in this product or service at more business type conferences or events or mm-hmm. expos, you know, a business expo, something like that. Uh, you're going to look for different types of areas in your particular, you know, product or service um mindset basically to find those customers and uh and or again you can always be asking for referrals too but again i think it's it's nice to be able 
to go to places where you think, oh, this is where my customer is going to be. You know, for you, you do your bookkeeping and you're taking care of people's books financially. So you're looking for, you know, I'm sure businesses of some sort that are going to need your services. So, okay, where do we find those type of services? Do you go to conferences that have small businesses available that are going to be there that are learning about different things? Do you end up getting a vendor table at those events so people can come over and learn about what services that you have to offer? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so basically you're going to have to do your research to figure out who you're going to be talking to, where you're going to be going to find them, and then start planning on, okay, am I doing one-on-one situations? Am I going to get a table at an event? Am I going to try to be a speaker at an event? You know, when you have a, a service of some sort, whether you're a coach, whether it's nutrition, finances, whatever it might be, if you can, you know, craft a good 15, 20 minute uh, educational talk that gives people value that then you can reach out and be a speaker at some of these events, a breakout session of some sort, or um, even a keynote speaker, then you're going to get in front of a lot of people who are looking for services like you have. You get to give them some great educational information, and then you're letting them know where they can contact you or you're offering them a certain deal at that particular time, and then you're getting a, you're getting new clients right then and there or people that want to follow up with you. So that would be the best way, I would say, depending on what your product or service is. Well, I think what people should also consider is, you know, who are centers of influence around you that work with kind of the customer that you're looking for also, right? So it's not like we have to find that final customer ourselves, but, you know, we can build relationships with other people who are interacting with those clients that they would see may need our service too. Yes, absolutely. Somebody that you can have what I call a collaborative partnership. You may not need their service, but you may know somebody that needs their service or they have a business that would go really well and mesh together with that particular person. And the two of them could then start collaborating and crisscrossing their databases to the point of they could even put on their own joint event together. So Mm -hmm. I know when I was doing uh, mindset training, Uh, it was a lady that I had met and she did more health and body. So she did uh, thermography. So it was all about the, the inner workings of your body and keeping your body healthy through thermography. And so we did a little platform together, healthy mind, healthy body. And so we ended up finding a venue. I invited all my database. She invited her database. We had probably, I don't know, 30 some people show up. I got several new clients because I did a little 15, 20 minute presentation, gave them some value, offered a particular, you know, product or service that they could get at a discount that night. And she did the same thing. And so she ended up walking away with several new customers from me and vice versa. And that's another great way to do it. Right. And I think just talking about those, you know, centers of influence too, sometimes it's not as obvious as you think, right? Like for me, like people think, oh, you know, and you're a bookkeeping, so it's probably like a business banker or a financial planner or something. But interestingly enough, even my IT tech, you know, that helps me a lot with my own technology and knows, you know, he's been here a lot and heard conversations I've had. He'll go to a business and he'll hear that someone's struggling and he's like, oh, I know what you need. You need to talk to Candy or something, you know? So it's kind of interesting. It's sometimes not even those really obvious ones it could be something a little bit outside of what you would think is a norm that could be a potential you know good referral partner for you or you know collaborative person with you yeah absolutely and I think it comes down to again I know for you and I we're in the same group together that um, works with women and a lot of the women in that particular group I may not need their service but I know what they do and I am always like have my antennas up so when I'm out and about Again, I do the same thing, just as you mentioned, if somebody says something and I know they're struggling in a certain area or they need a particular service, immediately my thought process goes, oh, you need so-and-so, she lives here, this is what she does, let me connect you. Mm-hmm. And you know, it doesn't mean you get anything out of it personally other than the satisfaction of knowing that you're helping somebody else boost their business and you don't know who's gonna do that for you down the road either. It's again, that right. crisscrossing of collaboration. 
True. And I love to be a referral source for people too, because it's, I can refer people that I know and trust as well. And it's so much better than just doing a Google search on picking a name, I think. Right. You know, so it is nice when we can share that information, but what is one of the most common fears and about approaching someone regarding the product or service? I know we've talked, there's a stigma or something, but what do you think really is that common fear? I think the biggest common fear is hearing the word no. Hmm. Because, you know, no is automatically in somebody's mind, oh, they're not interested, they don't like what I have, they don't want my product, they don't want my service, they don't like me, mm-hmm. so, oh my gosh, they're saying no, this is horrible, right? And it's all the crazy stuff that's going on our in our head at that particular time. And really, honestly, no doesn't mean no forever, it could, be, it could mean no, just not right now, right? Right. But we immediately don't want to hear that no, because I think you mentioned earlier, you know, we take things personally, we put it on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so again, that's where you have to step out of yourself. It's not about us, right? Forget about yourself completely. It's about them. And it's funny because with my sales team years ago in the direct sales industry, I had this sheet and it was called the hundred no's. And it was um, a sheet with a hundred no's on it in little blocks. And basically what I taught my people to do was, was whether they were doing this in person or whether they were doing phone calls or text, they had to make enough calls and get enough no's to get across the top row. And I think the top row had like, I don't know, seven or 10, you know, mm-hmm. no's on the top row. And they had to keep going until they got no's over every one of those top boxes. When they did that, they could give themselves a reward, whether it was stepping away from their office and going to Starbucks or whatever it might be, their favorite candy, whatever. And um, it was funny because I remember this one year, I always was booked out with appointments at least two months in advance. And I had a big team growth that particular year. And I didn't have time to be on the phone, uh, reaching out to people or going out to events to meet new people. And July rolled around And summer was always kind of a little bit, you know, uh, slow anyhow, because people are on vacation. And I looked at my calendar and I was like, oh, crud, I don't have enough appointments booked. What am I going to do? And so I thought, oh, I'm going to get out my hundred no sheet and get on the phone and start calling people. And I thought to myself, no problem. I'm going to get this so fast. I'm going to be off. I'm going to go to Starbucks and get my favorite. And I literally had to make, I can't even tell you how many calls, because as I called people, I wouldn't get no's, I would get maybes, or I got a few yeses, or they'd say, no, not right now, but call me back in a month or two. So we automatically assume and fear the word no, but really, in actuality, there's a lot of yeses, and there's a lot of maybes. And if you ask the right question, when somebody does say no, you can always say to them, does that mean no, never, or just no, not right now? Can I follow up with you in a couple of weeks or a month? You'll be surprised at how many times people will say, yes, follow up with me in a couple of months or a a week. I would love to meet you and talk more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just might have too much going on right now to take the time. Exactly. So what types of questions should someone be asking when first speaking with a potential customer? I think the biggest thing you want to do first is you want to do research on what it is that they need. What are their needs? What are their wants? What are their desires? Why are they looking at your product or service? Um, What type of problem do they have that lets you know why they need that product or service? And then once you start honing down those particular questions, then you can get into how you can help them. But until you know what the problem is that they have that needs to be solved, and you want to be the person to solve it, if you can, um, then you can't go any farther. So you're going to be you're going to be basically a detective at first by, you know, saying, well, tell me more about, you know, what drew you to want to know more about my business or my product, you know, and then they're going to give you a little bit, bit of feedback. And as they start giving you that feedback, you're going to be able to formulate the next question and the next question, you know, by the things that they're saying to you. But again, always remember that you want to turn it so it's about them. It's not about you. You don't right. care what the outcome is for you. You want to know how you can help them. And then once you have enough information at that point, you can say to them, well, I'd love to tell you a little bit about 
what we do or the product or service we have. And I think I may be able to help you in these areas. Does that sound like something you'd like to know more about? And at that point, they're going to say, yes, go ahead. And then make sure that you're explaining your product or service in a way that answers the questions or the information that they gave you as to why they were looking for you in the first place. Mm. Okay. And then what is the best way then to wrap up a call or a meeting regarding their product or service? I think the biggest thing, um, you know, again, it's going to depend on where you are on the scale of the sale. Um, You know, if, if you've talked with them several times already, you know, and, and, they're still saying, well, you know, this or that. At that point, you can say, well, you know, what do you think? Do you think you're ready to move forward? Should we go ahead and put this in or get this ordered for you? You know, remember, we do have a 30-day or a 90-day, you know, money-back guarantee. So you have time to try it out. I'll be with you every step of the way. Would you like to go ahead and get that order in now? What? How do you feel about that? You know, and at that point, they're going to say yes, no, whatever. And if they say yes, great, you know, you've gone through the funnel far enough. If they're still kind of hesitating, at that point, you can say to them, what else can I tell you about our product or service that you feel you don't know more about mm-hmm. and or enough about? And then they'll give you a little bit more information. And then you can say, should we go ahead and meet again or should I call you in another week? How would you like to proceed? And then you're putting it back in their court, right? And then Mm -hmm. if it's somebody who's just cutting it very, very quickly and short, you can say to them, I've really enjoyed talking to you. I've enjoyed giving you this information. Can I go ahead and follow up with you in a week or two? I'll give you a call and just kind of put it out there to see what else I can tell you after you've had a little bit more time to think about it. So again, depending on where you are in the funnel, but you want to get to that point where you're going to ask for the sale, ask the appointment, ask for the close, you know, ask for the money, basically. Right. Well, this has been a great topic. Believe it or not, we're really at the close of the show. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to just let people know how they could connect with you if, you know, they want to find you on social media or, you know, any website you want to share. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So our company is Modadia, and um, we are an earth-friendly, recycled, handcrafted jewelry line. I've been in jewelry for 15-plus years, um, teaching people how to sell it and selling it myself. So if you want to check us out, you can go to www.modadia.com, M-O-D-A-D-I-A.com. We're just strictly Modadia on Facebook, and we'd love to have you like us. And then we're Modadia Style on Instagram. And um, so just lots of fun things happening. Uh, if you know of someone that would love to be an affiliate with us or even represent our line, uh, they can find out more about that uh, and selling to shops and boutiques for us. So there's lots of fun, great things happening at Motadia. Oh, sounds great. Well, thank you, Heather, so much for being my guest today. And I want to thank the listeners who are joining us today. Also, thank you for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about how you can overcome the fear of selling and closing the sale. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Heather at any of the links she shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. Next week's topic is Get Real Results with Email Marketing. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.